Hashtag SAFM Headspace. Five minutes after 11. Thank you very much, Kanyisile Manioni. She comes back again, once again, tomorrow, same time here on SFM, leading the conversation. Now we're turning our attention to the African Transformation Movement. That's the ATM. President Vyoto Zungula is joining us on the line. The African Transformation Movement, the ATM, is pushing for the reintroduction of the death penalty to deal with heinous crimes afflicting the country. On Sunday, party leader Vyoto Zungula confirmed that he wrote to the National Assembly Speaker Tande Mudise requesting that the Constitutional Review Committee, the CRC, be directed to hold public hearings on the reintroduction of the death penalty. Zungula also confirmed that he wrote to President Cyril Ramaphosa asking for a referendum on the death penalty. Only Mudise had responded to date, he said. In her letter to Zungula, Mudise said, Your correspondence has been forwarded to the CRC for consideration. Joining us now on the line is the president of the ATM, that's the African Transformation Movement, Mr. Vyolo Zungula, good evening to you and thank you for agreeing to talk to us. Evening, night. Um, I just want to correct one thing. We are not saying um, we must bring back or reintroduction of the death penalty because we do not want the punishment system of the past because it was brutal, it was cruel, and it was not justice-driven. We are calling for the introduction, a new, a new, a complete new, different um, um, capital punishment system. That deals with the material um, conditions currently, not what happened in the past. Well, it makes no difference to me, Mr. Zungula. The, the point of the matter is you're calling for people to be killed. But I want us to get to the nub of the issue first and foremost. Can you first confirm that your political party is uh, has a, a conservatist Christian democracy uh, f- philosophy? Look, we are a faith-based political party supported by many religious organizations from Christian and Hindus, Muslims, even um, Amakaisa. So that is who we are as a party. All right. And can you confirm that you do want a, a reintroduction of a form of capital penalty, which means it's the death penalty in essence? All right. I'm going to take a break and come back. When we come back, we'll get into the detail of what exactly it is you're saying is different from the past. Like I said, killing people is killing people. How you're going to do it does not change. You're going to be killing people. Let's chew on that shortly after this. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Revisiting the decision taken by the Constitutional Court in 1996 in a case, State versus Magwanyane, where one of the reasons to abolish death penalty is that it is irreversible. That effectively means if you have convicted somebody wrongfully and then kill him, you will not be able to reverse that killing should you find out, as many countries already have found this out, that perhaps they made a mistake irreversible amongst many other decisions that have been taken other reasons that have been taken uh, the death penalty is irreversible but we are hearing now this faith-based political party african transformation movement proposing that perhaps there is a way of killing people uh, when they have been found to have been guilty so we've invited them to come and speak to us and educate us so that we can have an understanding exactly what it is you heard mr zungula saying no he is correcting me it is not the same thing as then they are killing people, but in a different way. 
Mr. Zugula, kindly explain what exactly is different about this kind of killing. Firstly, it is punishing people. It is not merely killing people. Um, we're not saying people, um, we must just wake up and choose random people to get killed. What we are advocating for is that there should be appropriate punishment, which is a death punishment for people who do not want to coexist with other people, people who have no regard for human life. Now, what we are saying as the ATM is that we are not calling for an outright um, 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 capital punishment system, which is similar to Botswana, whereby when you kill, you are sent to the death penalty. What we are saying is that there must be first, uh, in fact, firstly, there are extenuating circumstances that may warrant a person to be punished by death. Secondly, there are repeat and serial offenders who have been shown time after time that they do not regard human life, even if a person is in prison, whilst they are inside prison, they'll continue killing other people. Earlier this year, there is a prisoner who killed, who was serving two life sentences. Whilst inside prison, he raped and killed prison warders inside. Now, it begs, uh, it gives us a question as to if a person was already serving two life sentences, what more other sentences can they be given? And if this person is continually killing other people, surely his existence is a danger to other people. Therefore, we must protect people from such people who um, kill people for a living. People find joy in taking other people's lives. That's why we are saying it is for repeat serial offenders who commit um, heinous crimes against innocent people of this country. All right. Uh, we, we have seen in many states in the U.S. which have the very same situation, those states that have capital punishment, where DNA evidence have proven those convictions to be incorrect, mistaken or false. And after they have killed the people, there was no way of reversing it. Kindly explain what happens when we discover that those murders that we would have executed people through uh, were erroneous. What do we do then? If people we have killed were found out not to have committed the crimes we killed them for. Look, you you can get wrong maybe one matter. But in a case of, for example, Moses Sutole, who killed and raped 40 women in a space of um, 16 months. Now, you can't, you can't, there's, there's no way the justice system can get it wrong for all 40 murders. Similarly, for the case of um, Osamson Madala, who um, was serving two life sentences while inside the prison, um, there's overwhelming evidence. So, hence, we as a party, we are introducing this or we are advocating this for serial and repeat offenders, meaning people who have shown you to, uh, who have shown time and time again that they are a danger to society. Okay, uh, I'm not quite sure if, if that helps us. For example, it has been proven that hundreds and hundreds of prisoners who have been killed by the state have been found that they have been found that they did not commit the crime, the crimes they were killed for. Hundreds and hundreds. My question to you again, sir, is what happens in the case of South Africa if we add to those hundreds and we are found to have been killing people who did not commit the crimes they have been killed for? Look, now, yes, uh, I want to repeat this. It is unlike the USA. What I'm proposing is unlike the USA, where when one person kills one person, 
and that um, the, the sentencing is the death penalty. We are calling for for repeat and serial offenders, people who have killed five people, keep people where there's overwhelming evidence. And remember, the death penalty don't get um, don't get sentenced today, and you are taken to the gallows t- um, tomorrow. It takes even as far as 20 years for a person to sit on death row, whilst even the probabilities and 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 further in- investigations are done. So here we're not talking about um, a quick fix whereby a person commits a crime today, got arrested tomorrow, um, gets to be judged death penalty the next day, and the day after that person is sent to the gallows. So there's a long and uh, it's, it's a long process to make sure that we do not get where you are saying uh, might be the flaw of the death penalty. All right, I want to open the lines for you, sir, before we continue, because I suspect we may be speaking past each other. 0891 We're talking the capital punishment, the death penalty. I've heard many of my callers here on the headspace saying it must come back. Let's engage. 0891 We're taking your text messages as well on 41391. Don't forget, each text message will cost you one rand fifty. The People's Republic of China, Australia, the United States of America, Ireland, Taiwan, the United Kingdom. All these are countries where there have been examples of people who have been, well, judicially murdered. I want to put it like that. And still, in all of these cases, these are cases that uh, I can read to you out loud, where people were found with overwhelming evidence to have been guilty of crimes warranting execution. But later on, that overwhelming evidence proved to be wrong. So what I'm asking you, Miss uh, uh, Mr. Zungula, is in spite of those repeat offenses with overwhelming evidence, the state and the judges could be wrong. My question that still stands is, what do you do in all of these countries? They have reported cases where there was overwhelming evidence. And the question is, after you have killed these people, what do you do when you discovered that you murdered an innocent man? Um, in the countries you make mention of, is it for serial repeat offenders, or is it a case of um, just uh, person being at the wrong place at the wrong time? And secondly, do they take their time? Because what we're saying is the ATM people will spend a lot of time on death row to make sure that we and um, the state examines the evidence and all uh, we satisfy ourselves that indeed the right person who has committed the crime will be punished for their crime. So that is what we are saying as the ATM to make sure that we are not in any um, case where we are punishing people um, who did not commit any crime. Hence we are spending so much time um, firstly making sure that firstly we are only speaking about serial and repeat offenders. Multiple murders and like I said earlier on, you can get it wrong for one person, but immediately there's 40 people that you've killed over 15 months, or you've killed your own children and you've confessed, then definitely you must be taken to the death penalty. But wherever there are cases whereby there are probabilities of um, the judges getting it wrong, then, then a lesser sentence must be applied. All right. 
All right, let's take a voice note for you. I'm going to read one of the cases. Thought you understand exactly what it is that I'm saying, what the research has demonstrated. Let's take a voice note first, and then we can take a break and come back and give you an opportunity to respond. Stand by. Good evening, gentlemen. It's Lloyd speaking here from Utenaik. Um Now, I also agree with your guest. If the evidence is strong, like in the in the sense of a multi serial killer with a proven record with a strong evidence, multiple murderers, I think they're supposed to be killed. Unless if maybe it still needs further investigation, then the investigation can go on without killing anyone. But if a person has killed more than two people, three people, and the evidence is strong, then they should be killed as well. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. That's a voice note. Let's go to Mzwanele in Johannesburg. Mzwanele, good evening. Hi, good evening, guys. Yes, sir. I, I, I just want to, to add uh, to what uh, Williams has been saying to you. And I think I think uh, on your side, it's almost like uh, deliberately not wanting to hear what he's saying. He makes a very clear point and, and, and creates a clear distinction between what we are proposing as ATM vis-a-vis what is happening elsewhere in the country where your states are coming from in terms of wrongful uh, uh, conviction and so on. And he makes a very clear point that for us, we are saying to cover that ground, uh, to cover that ground, we're saying we're talking to a case of repeated offenders. Uh, so, so that's what we're talking about. So if you kill for the first time, or you rape, whatever, do all these heinous crimes for the first time, the normal system takes place. Uh, and then if it happens again and again, then it's very clear that you have decided that you want to be a social outcast. You have decided that you don't want to live with, amongst other people. So therefore, uh, you, 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 we need a justice system that is victim-centric. We can't have a situation where the justice system is only concerned about the perpetrators uh, of these uh, criminal criminal acts. Uh, so that's what we're trying to do as ATM, that we have to have a justice system that's going to be pro the victim, pro the bereaved families, uh, so that we don't have a situation again uh, where a person does all these heinous things and then the next thing you meet up with a person at the supermarket. Okay. That is quite insensitive. <laughs> all right, hold and on. And by the way, last hold point. The, hold, last hold, point. The, hold on, I'll give you a chance. I need to take a break and come back. I'll give you a chance to continue. Just stand by. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. All right, let's give Mr. Manyi of the ATM opportunity to continue his point. We had to go yeah. to a break. Go ahead, Mr. Manyi. Okay, sure. The last point I wanted to make is that I think it, it, it's incorrect for you to, uh, in our case, to talk about judicial murder. But this is judicial murder. A murder is a very technically defined thing. That's why we have homicide and we have murder. Because the fact that the person has lost, his, has lost his or her life does not always mean murder. It could be homicide, it could be this. So, so it's important that we understand that murder is a technical term. So when the state is doing execution, state is not murdering because the part of what would define murder is the malicious intent. So the state would not be having any malicious intent whatsoever when they take your life. It will be because the state is looking after the lives of all these other people who haven't got the wherewithal to defend themselves. And the state has got a duty and an obligation to do the retribution. So this is what the state is doing. And by the way, 
uh, us being a faith-based organization, all of these uh, retributions that are, are what uh, that we, we we're talking about, they're even backed up even within the scriptures. The Bible is replete with this kind of with these uh, uh, kinds of uh, examples. Even if we go to the Quran, even they uh, are great with this thing. So therefore, there is nothing cruel about this. What it is is retribution. What it is, it's the state that is standing for the victim uh, uh, and so on. And not the kind of system that we have now where, I mean, even if you look at that Makwanyana judgment that everybody is on about, that judgment was more concerned about the dignity and the right to life of the perpetrator. That judgment says nothing about the victim. That judgment says nothing about the bereaved family. It was all concerned about that. And by the way, that judgment as well was somewhat political in that there were about 400 or so awaiting uh, execution prisoners, and most of them were uh, political prisoners. Uh, and uh, and this, during that time, there was also the negotiations within Quadessa. So all that context uh, created that judgment. Today, 25 years down the line, it's a completely different picture. So therefore, we have to look at what are the material conditions as we have now. We can't have a situation in South Africa where we're sitting with the 58 people being murdered every day, with about a thousand odd women being killed on a, on a, on a, within this past 12 months period, uh, and all of that. And then we say it's normal, and then we come up with all kinds of fancy footwork, uh, all about interest of the perpetrators. We can't have a state that's just like that. So for us as ATM, we want to correct that so that people must have faith and confidence in the state that this is a state that's going to look after their interest. That's our position. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Moyne. Appreciate your call. Okay. Sure. All right, 25 after 11. You're listening to this conversation. You're also welcome to join in the conversation. He just decided he's going to jump in and support his president. I want to read this to you, and then perhaps you can uh, find it for yourself and read the whole report. I cannot read the whole report for you. This is a report, uh, it says, uh, which was prepared by the authors of the federal fund provided by the U.S. Department of Justice. Opinions or points of view expressed are those of the authors. Authors and these are uh, this report is, is very detailed and as I, as I said I cannot read the whole thing please download it for yourself and read it it is readily available for you case file storage policies and therefore data available uh, complements the suggestion varied across like 56 courthouses including in this study data available ranged from absence of a case file to full cases that included multiple forms and documents detailed hard copy cases files were available for 432 convictions listen to that number 432 convictions while partial files Partial files, e.g. sentencing reports, only existed for 131 convictions. All of these, by the way, South Africa, are wrongful executions. I'm just giving you the numbers as they are. And by the way, I didn't give you the name, the title of the report, which you can go and source for yourself. It is from the NCJRS, the National Criminal Justice Reference Services. And this is readily available for you to read and last received on the 20 uh, September 2017 so this is the late, latest report please go and read it for yourself and weep 27 after 11 you're listening to the conversation go to Tobega in Durban good evening Tobega before mm. 
Tobega. Hello, Naya. Yes, yes, Tobega. Go on. Oh, Naya, it's a good thing that mm. hi, that um, this Mr. Manya just called as well. Mm. I support his idea, and since he says a repeat offenders, right, mm. must be convicted and must be sentenced to this murder. Mm. Since he himself is also suspected to be a repeat offender and he has denied allegations, maybe as he is also a habitual offender, if proven that way, then he also must also be killed. I'd just like to ask that. Well, th- what they're suggesting is that it's repeat offenders of heinous crimes. I'm not quite sure if you're accusing Mr. Manyo of a okay. heinous crime. All right, Mr. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Tobek. I appreciate right. your argument. 28 after 11. Uh, Mr. Zungula, would you like to respond? Yeah, I think what South Africans need to understand is that we need to move away from being confined um, in terms of moving forward as a country because of what's happened in the in the past. We have an, we have an obligation currently to make conditions for ourselves to better our country. Therefore, the fact that it was it was used incorrectly and it was used for um, nefarious means in the past, that does not mean that we cannot design our own justice um, capital um, ju- justice-based capital punishment system in order to respond to what is happening currently in the country. Therefore, um, this conversation on the death penalty is a conversation that other South Africans need to have so that we move away from, in a way, normalizing crime, because crime has been so much normalized, and people are so focused on the, the, the feelings and the, 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 the perpetrators, and they say nothing about the victims themselves. So the issue of the death penalty, and look, before we get even to the stage of the death penalty, grave crimes must be committed. And we are in an era whereby grave crimes have become a normality in our country, um, you had one um, father kill four his children, one mother kill four his children, and it has become normal. Um, we might wake up tomorrow, there's another brutal killing, and, and it's innocent and defenseless people, just like we saw in Pretoria, where homeless people who are defenseless are killed by a serial killer around Pretoria. So here, we, that cannot continue. We cannot leave those large South Africans whereby the brutal murdering of innocent people has been normalized. All right, Mr. Zungla, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Really appreciate your time. Wishing you all the best. Thank you. All right, 30 minutes after 11, you're listening to The Headspace. That was the African Transformation Movement's President, Violeta Zungula, and also uh, some of the commentary you heard from Mr. Manu, also is a member of the ATM. Give us some perspective on what it is that they are suggesting. Let's look forward to what the CRC is going to be saying. By the CRC, I mean referring to (laughs) the Constitutional Review Committee and not any other CRC, the Constitutional Review Committee. Let's take a break and come back. We'll take a voice note, read your texts, take your lines. It's the open line. It's 30 after just turned 29 before 12.